This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now the war, Putin's war in Ukraine, has been off the front pages for a while as other stories emerge, but it is still the biggest story in our world at the moment and the world is waiting for an expected spring offensive, spring summer offensive, I suppose we can say now, by the Ukrainians. Nevertheless, things have been happening. The Russians have been on the move and the U.S. claim yesterday that 100,000 Russian fighters have been killed or injured in Ukraine since December has been disputed by the Russians, but the estimate is that 20,000 Russians were killed in action. A lot of that action has been focused on a town called Bakhmut, which uh, has strategic value, but we are fast approaching a decisive period in this war, and it's a pleasure now to welcome to the stand uh, Senator Tom Clonan, the Senator for Trinity College. He has been in office now for over a year, and uh, Tom, of course, is a military analyst. He served as an officer commanding Irish troops uh, under the UN uh, mandate in the Lebanon, and he was in the Lebanon when the Israelis undertook a punitive operation, Operation Grapes of Wrath, against Hezbollah, which culminated in the massacre of refugees in the village of Cana. So he knows what war is like. He also, incidentally, was a major whistleblower over 20 years ago about the treatment of women in the Irish Armed Forces, and we've all seen with the Women of Honour recently how important that was and how courageous it was as well. Uh, Tom, good morning to you and thank you very much for joining us. We are approaching, it seems, an important moment in this conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Just to start, could could I ask you about that claim that the U.S., intelligence uh, reports have made that uh, 100,000 fighters have been either killed or injured. The estimate seems to be 20,000 Russian soldiers killed uh, since December um, and the rest injured. This claim was made by um, the, the White House spokesman on security, national security, John Kirby. Yes. And he said uh, that 100,000, uh, 20,000 killed in action and approximately 80,000 seriously uh, wounded. Now, 
that is a very significant figure because <clears throat> it, it kind of matches another figure that was given to us by General Mark Milley. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, and he said in November that in the first eight months of the war, uh, 100,000 had been killed and injured, 100,000 Russians. So it, it seems to be evidence that um, there has been, we have witnessed in since February the, the Russian spring offensive, their, their winter spring offensive. Yes. And whilst they have managed to kind of creep up on Bakhmut, they haven't fully taken it. And more importantly, they haven't managed to break through. And that's, if you look at a map of eastern Ukraine and a map of Donetsk and Luhansk, Bakhmut is actually, it's, it's geographically right at the center of gravity of um, Vladimir Putin's special military operation. Yes. And really, the, the, the Russian hope would have been that they would have been able to break, break through at Bakhmut, push the uh, Ukrainians back towards Kramatorsk, and uh, then that they, they could what is then called break out. And if you look at the map again, if the Russians had broken out at Bakhmut in the last uh, two months, they could have completely encircled and got in behind Ukrainian troops that are advancing right. down towards Saporizhia, uh, Mikolaev and Kherson. It would have caused absolute havoc for the Ukrainians, but they haven't managed to do that. It has been a very, very static um, operation. The, the people refer to it as the meat grinder, as, as a war of attrition. And it's believed, the, the, the Americans have also stated that they believe that Ukrainian casualties have been rather similar to those of the Russians. Right. So, so this halting of the Russian winter offensive has been very, very costly for the Ukrainians. Um, but the fact that um, at least half of these casualties are what are referred to as Wagner troops or mercenaries, many of them, um, you know, taken from from prisons across across the Russian federations from some of the poorest republics, they haven't really been able to translate in, into proper um you know, combined armed yes. arms maneuvers. You know, with the with the very finessed uh, coordination of artillery, armor, and infantry to move forward uh, onto Ukrainian positions. It has been a brutal and very very primitive effort, and I think that speaks to what might happen next in the coming weeks uh, yes. as the weather improves. And you know, Ukraine has a continental climate, unlike ourselves. So the transition from spring to early summer is going to be very rapid in the next couple of weeks. You're going to get average daytime temperatures of up into the 20s. The ground is going to dry out. And I think we're going to see a, a major response on the part of Ukraine in advance of, of, of the summer. Now, some people claim, the American analysts, that Ukraine's objective when they begin this assault is to thrust southwards towards Zaporizhia, uh, a province, all the way to the Sea of Azov, 
cutting Russia's occupying forces in two and severing the land bridge between Russian territory and occupied Crimea. And according to American analysis, that would be a crushing blow for Vladimir Putin and a huge undertaking for Kiev. Does you does does that sort of resonate with you, Tom? Yeah. Well, I've been saying for some months now, uh, particularly with the fall of Kherson, when Ukraine forces retook Kherson. Now, that was the first provincial capital, and the only provincial capital taken by by Russian forces. Yes. And the Ukrainians took it back, uh, if you recall, before Christmas. Yes, did. And it it really is just. You know, it's it's a linear trajectory or axis of advance from Kherson through Melitopol and towards Berdyansk on the, the Sea of Azov, which is just south of, of Mariupol on the coast. And if if uh, Ukrainian forces could could make that jump, make that advance, um, then they would cut off the land corridor, which was one of the major sort of victories that Putin and, and his uh, Kremlin apparatchiks could claim. So to be robbed of that would be a huge psychological blow. There, there are a number of factors in play. Um, first of all, the, the, the fact that this still remains a special military operation, Russia has not mobilized yet for war. Yes, uh, it has been a limited mobilization, and many of the casualties, as I was saying earlier, are kind of conscripts or people who were, uh, you know, frog marched to the front from prisons. Uh, it hasn't. Whilst the casualties have been very, very high, it hasn't impacted as such yet on the metropolitan populations in St. Petersburg and Moscow and so on. So, um, am I right the, to believe? Excuse, excuse me for interrupting you, sure. Tom. That hundreds of thousands of young Russian men who would be eligible for conscription have left Russia. Yeah, they've they've fled. I mean, the the casualties thus far have been uh, very very significant. The the, the 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 estimates for Russians killed in action vary between twenty five thousand and forty two thousand five hundred. Yes. So I would therefore pick a number somewhere between those. The the, the median. I would. I, so it, it is credible that they have lost thirty five thousand troops killed in the last year. Now. In the United States, lost approximately sixty thousand troops killed in Vietnam yes. over a um, over a decade yes. of intense combat in in Vietnam, um, and that is you know writ large in the American conscience. Yes, uh, consciousness. It has even entered the language. You know, it was Vietnam in there. Yes. So for the Russians to have lost thirty five thousand in a year. In Ukraine, you know that they're they're unsustainable losses, and uh, that White House House spokesperson John Kirby compared the losses to World War II levels of attrition. Uh, he cites the the U.S. offensive against Japan, the Battle of Guadalcanal, which raged for five months, and at present, Russian losses are twice what the United States experienced in that really, really intense period of combat during World War II. So we're kind of approaching a tipping point. Um, the Ukrainians have held uh, the Russians at Bakhmut. Uh, there hasn't been a breakout or a breakthrough. And they have been stockpiling over the winter. So there have been European-wide, uh, supported by the United States, the European Union and NATO. There has been a big drive 
to build up stocks of 155 millimeter artillery shells. These are the ones that fit in the in the 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 large self-propelled and towed artillery pieces that have been arriving in Ukraine from all around Europe and from the United States. Um, and that's that's a crucial component for the artillery support for any advance that may take place shortly. The Ukrainians have also stockpiled um almost 250 main battle tanks. These are, you know, UK Challenger tanks. Um, the Leopard, the German manufactured Leopard main battle tank, and there is imminently arriving um, the US Mike 1A1 Abrams tanks. So it's estimated, uh, and they also have uh, over 1,500 armored fighting vehicles. And these would be state-of-the-art armored fighting vehicles, AFVs, that would support armor on the ground by provide by, by bringing forward mechanized infantry. So it's estimated that over the winter, the Ukrainians have built up a, a force concentration, the equivalent of two armored brigades or NATO armored brigades. And that, if that force appears on the battlefield it would be a very very powerful instrument and, we're, and if it if that happens if if the ukrainians launch an offensive in the coming weeks and they will seek to exploit the change in the weather and they will seek to exploit such as they can because there is there can't really be surprised now everybody is expecting this counteroffensive it's imminent and um, that could be a very very rapid moving uh, situation and i think um I know that the Russians have built up their defences in where they've identified weaknesses south of Kherson and lines through Melitopol, right down through Orhiv and Huliapolol. They, 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 even though those defences have been strengthened, they can literally be outmaneuvered by armoured brigades. And the Ukrainians, similar to their offences up in Luhansk in September, October, they could move very, very rapidly, taking hundreds and hundreds of kilometres uh, in, a, in an axis of advance, you know, cutting off Russian supplies, dividing them, encircling them. So um, it'll just be very interesting to see what axis of advance they take. But my guess will be they will either go south and east or they'll cut north and east to, you know, sideline the, the, the Russian defences in much the same way, you know, you, you remember the old Schlieffen von, von Malk plan where they just went around the prepared defences, and similarly, uh, towards the end of the Second World War, you know there was a tendency to just go around prepared yes. defences as opposed to trying to take them head on. So, it, a lot depends on the capacity of the Ukrainians to to launch successful combined arms uh, manoeuvre rapidly moving, but they have shown the ability to do that in the past. So, I think. Um, Putin and his generals will have some considerable challenges in the coming weeks, uh, particularly if it becomes very fluid, very mobile, very dynamic. That is going to be very, very embarrassing for Putin. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Of course, there is a huge political backdrop to all of this. It is said in the United States that if Ukraine don't make progress, if this spring-summer offensive doesn't yield results, support in the United States will weaken. There is also, of course, some division in Europe about this. Emmanuel Macron, the French president, went to China. He started trying to talk about negotiations and he has broken, if you like, with the Western consensus that Putin must not be allowed to in any way gain from this invasion. So all of that politics in the background, they do constitute a pressure on President Zelensky and the Ukraine armed forces. Yeah, and as uh, as we speak, uh, Zelensky is in Helsinki today meeting his Danish, Swedish, Norwegian and Finnish counterparts, the, the Nordic states, just to again, you know, consolidate their support for him. But back in in the spring when NATO had its summit in, in Germany, uh, there was talk there um, and it is believed that Rishi Sunak uh, in, in his first outing as, you know, the yes. UK... Uh, Prime Minister, you know, as a, as a NATO member, you know, a key NATO member state in Europe, and um, you know, was, we're putting pressure on the Ukrainian delegation to prepare a negotiating position to yes. begin to think about how they might negotiate um, some sort of a settlement. Um, and the, the 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 word amongst the defence and intelligence communities back back in in the springtime was that um, Ukraine would not be uh, given admission to NATO, but would get defence guarantees 
and accelerated EU membership in return for some sort of a negotiating, an acceptable yes. negotiated settlement with with uh, Putin. And I mean, I think for Putin to save face, he would probably argue for some sort of consolidation of their presence in uh, Luhansk and Donetsk, which, if you recall, through those plebiscites that they took, uh, are now declared, self-declared parts of the Russian Federation. Yes. So that he could say at the end of this conflict and at the end of all of this loss of life that there there is a strip of former Ukraine, which is now um, Russian Federation, you know, Russian yes. Rodina, Russian soil, that is an effective barrier against NATO's expansion uh, eastward, that Ukraine will give, um, you know, guarantees that it won't join NATO. Now, those kinds of guarantees didn't protect them from Russian aggression in the past. But I think this could be a sufficiently bloodied nose on Putin's part that they might think twice Yes, uh, about coming encroaching borders again. Like one of the things, uh, and we've we've talked about this, uh, Eamon, is the the fact that um, the, the the Russian military has been shown quite clearly not to be the Red Army. Now, having said that, Russia has not mobilised fully for war. Um, I don't imagine that the Russian people would would support that or the oligarchs and people who who support Putin. So that this is a kind of a as has always been the case in, in this war, um, this this is a crucial moment for Ukraine. If they can inflict a major blow against uh, Putin, particularly if it's a highly mobile, very dramatic series of advances, if the Russian uh, defense collapses in the field, if tens of thousands of Russian soldiers are taken into captivity, I think that will strengthen the hand towards negotiation and hopefully won't lead to an escalation by way of mass mobilization in Russia or and the use of non-conventional weapons. Yes, and that's, of course, uh, nuclear weapons, tactical or worse. Just, I'm sure you've seen the talk about dissent in Russia, in Putin's circle. He has been criticised. Some of the leading generals have been stood down. A couple have fallen out of windows. Putin has his own issues there, doesn't he? Because it, some reports, some credible reports say that he's doing it his way and not the general's way. Well, I mean, it's been clear from the very outset that um, the, the manner in which Putin invaded Ukraine, you know, again, a country of 40 million people. Yes. By splitting his forces uh, with one advance coming uh, south from Belarus towards the capital, Kiev, which was immediately stalled and, and became a, a catastrophic failure. And then his uh, advance from, from, from Russian territory, from the Rostov-on-Don um, direction, really you know, any student of, of tactics or strategy would, would scratch their heads at why anyone would attempt such a thing. So obviously, you know, it's been clear from the start that he's not listening to uh, the advice of his military advisors. As a former intelligence operative, I think he may have seriously underestimated uh, Ukraine's capacity to respond. The yes. survival of the regime, I'd say, took him by surprise. Zelensky's decision to stay and fight, I think he's famously quoted, um, when the U.S. Uh, authorities offered to evacuate him and his family from Kiev in the first hours of the invasion, I think uh, he's quoted as saying, I, I don't want to ride, I want weapons and ammunition yes. to, to fight. He also, 
uh, underestimated NATO's uh, cohesion and yes. resolve, and and that of the European Union. But the the fact that he has been replacing senior generals on a kind of a rolling basis, and you mentioned people being defenestrated or falling from from hotel windows to their deaths. The people who do support him know that that's not a um, you know that eventually because when 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 you when you lose your position in that way when you lose your life your family does also yes. and all of your your kind of network so yes he will reach a point in that incremental uh, sort of attrition on his support base he'll reach a point where people will 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 just not tolerate it because they'll they'll know that it's um it's a zero sum game and uh, there there could be moves against him but I was struck by. Um, the, the Russian defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, who this week announced that he's going to double the, produ- the production of, uh, of you know, uh, precision missiles and that the uh, Russia's Tactical Missiles Corporation has announced they're going to double their production and that they're going to hit military targets and infrastructure and completely destroy Ukraine's capacity to fight and mount its counteroffensive. And that reminds right. me you know, towards the end of the World War Two and the Nazi regime, when they when they spoke about wonder weapons or wonder yes. weapons that would you know destroy the enemy, the V one bombs, jet aircraft that would turn the tide of war. And meanwhile, if you look at the evidence on the ground, what are the Russians doing with their missiles? They're firing at civilian targets, but and that that's just terrorism. You know, firing today yes. they hit Saporizia. Um, they hit Herson. They kill people in uh, in a supermarket today. Uh, employees of of a supermarket and, and and customers. That's that doesn't speak to a military power that is capable of dismantling in a precise way uh, any upcoming offensive force. Just two other uh, questions before we uh, let you go, Senator. Um, one of them is uh, the conversation uh, by phone that uh, President Zelensky had uh, with uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese leader. And the other is the sort of pressure that's coming from the United States for a result. And the United States refusing to give them certain things, fighter jets and the long-range missiles. What about those two things? Well, again, the, the United States is taking... taking steps to ensure that um, their military aid doesn't lead to strikes on Russian territory. Yeah, and that's important because that would invite the tactical nuclear weapons, wouldn't it? And would also invite a formal declaration of war and mobilization, mass mobilization across Russia. So the United States are providing aid, as are NATO and the European Union, to a point so they're trying to yeah. find that pinch point of allowing Russia to deplete its resources, its manpower, its weaponry and its equipment in an horrific war of attrition within Ukrainian territory while stepping short of providing weapons or materials that could, could directly attack um, Russian soil or the Rodina, the, the yes. motherland, and because that would give Putin a fresh um, kind of mandate from, from yes. the Russian people. Um, the other thing I've noticed is that, that there has been a slight change in the kind of language that the 
Xi Jinping is using, the, the Chinese are now referring to what they call Russian aggression. Yes, and, and, that's they, and they haven't given weaponry, have they, to the Russians? Has N Not that we're aware of. Yes. Um, there have been talks, there, there have been some um, uh, exchanges of uh, technology in relation to drones, um, uh, drone technology and, and targeting and acquisition systems, but no as far as I'm aware, any any kind of military hardware or lethal aid. Yes. There has been some non-lethal aid by way of technology and so on and information sharing, but nothing by way of lethal aid. And I think, you know, the Chinese will be watching this very, very closely um, with regard to their own um, aggression and, and maneuvering in, in relation to Taiwan. So... Uh, but for me, just the, the the price that has been paid in terms of the loss loss of life, um, the again General Mark Milley estimating that as many as thirty thousand Ukrainian uh, troops yes. have lost their lives uh, alongside their Russian counterparts, with you know multiples of that, you know possibly as high as two hundred thousand young men and women with serious you know poly trauma. Yes. life-altering life injuries, all in order to contain Putin's ambitions in, um, in, in Eastern Europe. And, you know, if he had succeeded, if he had managed to steamroll across the border, and, you know, if the regime had collapsed and if he had taken Ukraine, the fear would be that he yes. would have moved further east in, into, uh, you know, Transnistria, into Moldova, right up onto the borders with NATO. Um, so he would appear to be stopped in his tracks, but, but what happens next? Yes, indeed. And the Poles in particular, Poland in particular, have been very strong. They've given fighter jets actually to Ukraine and all of those former Soviet Union uh, countries are aware that uh, Putin's belief is that the worst tragedy of his lifetime was the breakup of the Soviet Union. Maybe he might have fantasies about restoring that. Um, but just a, one final question, Tom, if you'll indulge me. This could be a long war. Is that possible? It is possible, but it's not the war that Putin wanted. He right. wanted a yes. quick collapse. And Putin and Lavrov watched very closely um, when the United States invaded Afghanistan. Again, a territory similar in size yes. to Ukraine, with a population of 40 million. They watched the resources of the United States, trillions of dollars yes. being depleted from by, by way of a counterinsurgency. Similarly, in Iraq, a population of 40 million invaded by the United States and their allies. The, the, Sergei Lavrov and Putin watched the, again, trillions of dollars, thousands of lives and hundreds of thousands of civilian casualties. Yes. Now, Putin has been drawn into exactly the same situation. His people, his equipment, the prestige of Russia is being destroyed in in Donetsk and Luhansk. His special military operation has turned out to be a particularly uh, humiliating um, experience for him and for the Russian people, right. for their prestige, for their credibility, for their moral authority. And um, this is setback Russia. And if you if you look at the you know the cost benefit analysis, what have they what have they achieved? Possibly you could say a land corridor, 
But if that's taken away from them in the coming weeks, I think there'll be increasing pressure on Putin. And and those kind of regimes, the, the hard man regime, whether it's Lukashenko in, in Belarus or whether it's uh, Putin, just like um, the dictators in Romania, Ceausescu and so on, uh, in, in Libya, they can unravel very, very quickly and very dramatically. Okay, we're very grateful to you, uh, Senator uh, Tom Clonan. Thank you very much for joining us today. We're grateful to Tom, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.